Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming to Comic Book Club Live. Please give it up for your hosts, Alex, Justin, and Pete. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I am Pete. And that's our man of the booth, Booth Man Prime. Booth Man Prime. Guys, very excited about the show we have tonight, very but also uh, some sad news. Uh, yeah. there's, a, there's a little bit of a divorce we need to talk about, a divorce right here at the top of the show. Our impending divorce is for doing too many podcasts, right. uh, <laughs> obviously from our families. Yes. No, I, I was actually talking about oh, okay. Sony and Marvel. Ah, Sony and Marvel are, are splitting ways over the Spider-Man franchise, but... We do have some good news about that. Yeah, we should tell you, we were there handling the negotiation. Um, and <laughs> we I'll did kind of what, a poor job on that part. But, but we walked out of there with the Spider-Man, Spider-Man franchise. franchise. So we're going to take over and run shit. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some pretty big, pretty, pretty big good ideas. ideas of what to do with Spider-Man. First of all, he's a podcast host Yeah, yeah it's nice, fun. It's like nice. a new news, the new newspaper, right, our it's, podcast. It's like kind of so cool. It's like fresh. And we were like, I feel like we've missed out on the origin a little bit. So right. let's get back to oh, that. Oh, yeah, uh, come on. We got to see that. What happened to him? I've seen two Spider-Man movies so far. Yeah. Oh, what happened to his uncle? Where's his uncle? Oh, I want to focus more on Uncle Ben. He has an aunt, ben. but where's his uncle? Exactly. Let's focus on Uncle Ben, the Is fun that his character. Name? Uh, yeah, Uncle Ben. <laughs> oh, okay. That's all right. Like the rice? Yep. Like the rice. So he's, he's a rice wrong. guy. See, we don't even cover that in the movie. Uh, yeah. You guys. What do you think, uh, Pete? Yeah, you're well, going to be awful at this. This is a horrible. Well, you're part of it. Of what? You're what's part your, of it. All right, well, Spider-Man? I disagree with all that. Okay, yeah. what's your big Spider-Man We're not going to do the origin again. Okay, more singing and dancing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Okay, no. No. A little okay. bit of this. Oh, different direction than Spider-Man 3. Give it to us. What's the hot take? What's the fresh take? <laughs> he's doing the dance. Well, he's doing the dance. Watching wow. Zelda this dances. Is a, a fan of the movie enough that he knows the... Spider-Man 3 is the best Spider-Man movie. No. Thank Everybody you. agrees. Do you yes. hear these people? Nah, those yeah. people... Woo! Yeah, they're saying, woo! No, yeah, You're, we'll fix that in post <laughs> well, to make know, it woos. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, we should start the show. No, what is it, give us blues. one hot Spider-Man take before we start the show. Yeah, one just hot, one. Just you, one. You, you're in charge of the franchise, which we are. So what do you think it would be? Uh, it, what do you want to do with this great thing we have? Oh, I would I would really like to kind of get back to, because, you know, Batman has a Joker. Like, Spider-Man has a bunch of different villains. It's supposed to be Goblin, but I really haven't felt that. So you I want, would like... You want Spider-Man with Joker. Ooh, I love idea. it. That's I love a smart it. idea. Well, I'll Finally, tell you what, we Joker don't have movie. the rights yet, okay, but I we'll think by the end of tomorrow. We're going to get them. Oh, Spider-Man and Joker. <laughs> friends. That's yeah. fun. That's like a I buddy movie. Warner Brothers is going to be like, you know, we don't really have any plans for this Batman guy. You t- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's the Batman? The Batman. Batman clown. What's his name? I don't remember. <laughs> What's that Batman Can clown? we start the show, please? What's that Batman? Oh, it. It. That's who they're talking Yeah, about. Pennywise. Pennywise. That's right. Go. He's a fun clown. Uh, Spider-Man versus Pennywise coming next year. Very excited about the guests that we have on the show tonight. One is a editor at Valiant Comics. The other one is the writer of Valiant Comics. New take on Dr. Mirage. Ladies and gentlemen, Lisa Hawkins and Magdalene Visaggio. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Come on out. Yeah. Have oh, you did. You did it. You came you to the center. Hey, welcome. Where are 
you want to go. Have a seat. I like. It's all have good. Here, please come sit you. down. Oh no, it's good. No problem. That's yeah. great. Hello, hello. Thank you. That was just how we rehearsed. It. <laughs> good. I I'm glad. I'm glad we spent you. the last day rehearsing that. These yeah, lights no, that was are very obscuring. Worked out real well. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Very excited to have you here. Very excited to talk about this new Dr. Mirage yes. from Valiant Comics. Uh, we read, without getting into spoilers, you guys. Indeed, we won't. read the first couple of issues. It's very trippy. Uh, it's very magic-focused and crazy in terms of the visuals and the plot and everything. But where did you start? How did you get together on this project? What was the initial pitch? Mm. Okay, first I just need to preface this by letting everybody know I'm a little drunk. One hundred percent of our guests say I'm that. I'm definitely so a lightweight and had too much. Nice. So <laughs> if I lose track of my train of thought, that's great. I apologize in advance. Give us a second. We're going to catch right up to you. None of this will make sense in one um, minute. <laughs> so when Valiant initially approached me about it, the thing that really and I'd been kind of campaigning for Doctor Mirage, like mm. I'd made very clear to Valiant that I was interested in writing the character because I'm a really morbid person and I'm really interested in death um, and this seems cool. like a really interesting angle on it. No, like I've done a couple of books that have dealt with, ooh, there it is, <laughs> 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 that have dealt with death in um, various capacities mm-hmm. and this seemed like a really interesting angle. So they came to me and they're like, well, the first thing is that this is a book about a lady and her ghost husband and we don't want the ghost husband in it. <laughs> Give it to that ghost husband. Yeah. Yeah. So his, for people who are listening who don't know, uh, the main characters are Shan Fong and her ghost husband, Huen. And so right off the bat, Huen's not in it. And I'm like, cool, because I was not really looking forward to writing a character who couldn't interact with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really struck me about that was the opportunity to explore loss and grief from the perspective of someone who's never really had to face the finality of death. Shan's whole thing is that she can see dead people. She can see ghosts. She spent her whole life surrounded by ghosts. And um, then they're all gone. And suddenly she has to face death the same way we all do, and she sort of really collapses into herself. And I'm in a little period in my career right now where I'm really fascinated by altered perception. I'm mm. really interested by blurring the line between what is and isn't real. And this just seemed like a really interesting opportunity to touch a lot of that material uh, from the perspective of grief. Cool. That's cool. One of the things that uh, my impression of Dr. Mirage up until this point, is, and there's a couple of magical characters in the Valiant universe, but Dr. Mirage, at least plot-wise, always seemed to be like Shadow Man Plus. Like, it was always glomming onto that sort of plot. But this one is very much going in a different direction. That was super deliberate. Yeah. Like, after we, um, after I got hired, I went and reread the first two trades, and the thing that like really struck me about them more than anything was how focused on when they were. The for a whole first two arcs that Jen Van Meter wrote, um, and they're great books. I'm not trying to knock the books or anything, but they're very much centered on Shan in some way trying to rescue Huen in one form or another. First trying to rescue him from imprisonment in the dead side, the second trying to bring him back to life. And she hadn't really had the opportunity to kind of establish herself as a person and stand on her own feet absent that relationship. And that seemed like a really big missed opportunity. You know, we have this fascinating, compelling character um, with this really weird power set who is entirely defined by this one ghost in her life. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's... Like, I'll, I'll tell you what, if I had one ghost in my life, uh, I feel yeah. like that would define me. That was, uh, yeah. As opposed to zero, or as opposed to limiting down but No, she's ghost. got lots and lots of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what she, you're saying. She's surrounded by ghosts. She's, she, she has to, had to make arrangements with them to give her herself personal time. Like, it's yeah. a whole thing. She has, like, a... Like a tattoo that lets her just be like, all right, everybody, just leave me alone. Oh, I have that but, relationship with my children. <laughs> I just, I well, I have a tattoo show. that keeps ghosts away. Oh, man, we're the same. We're the same. <laughs> but without when she's able to really discover herself. And so this, this, this series is really, this miniseries is really a self-discovery. Yeah, and it's also the first time she's really had the opportunity to be the leader in a duo. So, like, the whole thing is that, like, 
it's not exactly, it was never exactly an equal partnership with Hen when, and that goes all the way back to the original Valiant Comics series by Bob Layton back in the 90s. Mm. Um, Hwen's always just kind of like in charge and Shan's kind of his agent, you know? Mm-hmm. And here we've completely swapped that and she's got a little like, she's got like a 16-year-old girl sidekick hanging around her and she's got to be the mature adult who knows what she's doing except she's also in way over her head. So Shan has to step up in a way we haven't had, we haven't, excuse me. We just haven't seen yet. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm drunk. <laughs> and that sentence completely got away from me. I'm sorry. I do want to ask, sorry, I know this isn't exactly you, but I do want to ask about the visuals because it does, you know, have the requisite dirty shacks and uh, normal places that magic folks hang out. Uh, but by the end, things you have dirty do. dirty shacks? Yeah, magic people hang out at dirty shacks. Yeah, they're a little right bit there. outside. Just the first place. That's not a dirty to. shack. <laughs> That's her wonderful ornate home oh, all right, that Alex. we destroyed. Yeah, Alex, you're so, you're such an uptown snob. Well. You don't understand. That's a regular person's home. Oh, you're yeah. uptown. I'm uptown. Where yeah. uptown are you? I'm actually in Brooklyn. Yeah, but but like uptown Brooklyn, you know right. what I'm talking about? Where we wear the top. I, I live in the Heights. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Oh, very cool. Okay. Oh. All right. That's called Tell, street cred. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Tell Lynn Manuel Miranda we say hi. Yeah. He lives like ten blocks from me. I nice. should not. Oh wow. You see him tweeting a lot? Is he always just like, everyone wake up? It's such a fun day again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very rarely that far south. Uh, I see. Nice. Well, check uh, it out. He's out there doing it. <laughs> uh, so, Nick Robles? Robles. Robles. Uh, they are, you know Robles. what? I wanted to say Robles, and I was like, no, it's probably just Robles. Uh, anyway, <laughs> best that choice. On. Classic Great. uptown. <laughs> you uptown. Uh, uh, is amazing. So, things do I'll go a little you, bonkers. I'll tell you, a real uptowner would know how to pronounce it. It's very Dominican. <laughs> yeah. <no>. <laughs> <laughs> uptown, we pronounce things however we won't. Uh, so things go a little bonkers by the end. When you're writing stuff like this, how how do you try to capture those visuals, or do you leave it up to the artist? What is I'm your actually, take? I'm a really big believer in giving the artist space to do what they want. Um, so as far as scripting goes, I'm a really Spartan. You can attest to this. I, I write very, very spare scripts. No, it's true. She does. Um, and, and I'm a, I'm a huge believer in the Marvel method, which yeah. means give it to the artists and let them really run I, with it. I hate and, the Marvel method. Uh, too bad. Nick loves it. <laughs> and then he ran with it, and he did a great job. Now, does that mean you have more to do where you're like, well, we have to reconcile this because you not, both have not totally e- different Not ideas. exactly. So I work in full script, and I don't do plot style or Marvel method. Yeah. Um, but my panel descriptions are generally just I'm going to give the artist what they need to accomplish the goal of this page. And you can do it however they want. Yeah. So, like, um, I, I, I frequently bring up Dr. Mirage. Not Dr. Mirage. That's the book we're talking about. Yeah, that's, you just Eternity brought it up here Girl. on the show. I bring up Eternity <laughs> Girl, a book I did at D.C. last year um, when I want to illustrate this movie because my, the artist on that, Sonny Liu, departed wildly from my paneling. And that was really smart of him because my paneling is always, this is my solution to a page. Here's how I, this is how I know this page can do the work I need it to do. Mm-hmm. But if you have a better way to get it there, fantastic. The, the only art direction I ever really had to give Nick was very early in the process when we were just kind of talking about what's the visual of the book's going to be. I said, okay, where I'm coming from on this is Steve Ditko, Doctor Strange, with ah, a, where nice. everything was very weird and abstract, and there were lots of, it was just like boundless space with shapes in it, and yeah. people were just walking on yeah. stairs made of nothing. And just random stuff in the back where you're like, what is that? Is this is a four-legged but, circle? Okay. Yeah, and like, but I said, I don't want you to just do that. I just want you to know that's my starting point. I want you to find that same weird place in yourself and give us that. And between him and Jordy, they gave us a book that is unlike, that visually anyways, unlike anything else on the shelves. It's gorgeous. And um, when I saw uh, just the most recent set of colored pages from Jordy, I genuinely gasped twice. That's good. That's a good gasp ratio. Uh, that's 10%. That's 10%. <laughs> 10% gas. That's, yeah. that's, that's great. Solid. 
Uh, Lisa, I want to ask you about working on a book like this. I think a lot of people don't necessarily know what an editor does behind the scenes. Certainly, we've had plenty on the show, but you've been in the business for a while. When you're tackling a book like this, what goes into it? Suppose he just yells at me. Just yells at me. <laughs> yeah, that's, good. that's so mean. Um, no, uh, this this book was sort of... I, I didn't originate. I wasn't the original editor on this. I was given this project after... Um, I had the first outline and the first script, but nothing, I didn't have an artist yet. So I read the script and I said, my God, this is brilliant. I love this. What can I bring to it? What's the art team for it? Um, And I saw Nick's stuff on the Euthanauts and I was like, oh my God, this this is great. I I want to use him. He's fantastic. Um, And then Jordy was just a, a natural fit. Basically being an editor is putting together the pieces like a director. You know, yeah, I, and then they just go. Yeah, just and then they, and forget. You know, once you get your your team together, you're golden. Yeah, it's you know, because they're just going to run with it and do the great job that they do. So I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. So you've been sitting that. on a beach all summer. <laughs> Until the, the roof blows off. Yeah, nice. Right. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah, and then they're like, <laughs> ring, ring her up. Uh, as you are establishing Dr. Mirage in the first couple issues, she's very uh, much off on her own, going on her own adventures. Are we eventually going to see her tie back into the greater Valiant universe? Yeah, at least you should fill this one. <laughs> um, well, yes, of course, of course. I don't want to step the, on any valiant the, toes. <laughs> yeah. uh, valiant this, toes. This this story is her own. This is her hero's journey. Mm. It's you know she's she's got to discover herself and and be uh, and discover her own strength. After that, of course, she's going to be all sorts of into the valiant universe. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I like really about valiant lately from a very siloed kind of perspective. Yeah, it was really important, especially considering how much this was a book about kind of establishing Shan as her own person in a way she hadn't been before to not bring in a lot of disparate elements. And when, um, who is not in this series so much, <laughs> but, you know, he's still there. He yeah. sort of haunts it in a way. You know, Ooh, you know, Ooh whoa, like a ghost. Thank you guys, I'm going to head out. I think when that. out there... <laughs> Shouldn't be disturbed because he's still out there, and it's not that we've forgotten about him. Uh, I, what I like about Valiant, as I say before, is it feels like they really right now the the uh, company is letting their characters like sort of spring out and then connect in different ways or come from different places as opposed to just being like. And then Doctor Mirage is going to cross over in these other titles and blah blah blah. Like it being so scripted about it feels very sort of organically bringing things out and together. Well, one of the things that I've I've really enjoyed about working with Valiant, and I've I've done stuff with DC and Marvel too, um, but the thing I really like about Valiant is how creator driven it is instead of editorial driven. Um, there's there's not a lot of directives coming at us, which is fantastic because it means that each book gets its own very distinct authorial voice, gets to really present uh, a creative team's collective vision without necessarily even needing to bring in all the other stuff. It's just there if you want to make use of it. And if you look back at like, you know, like way, way, way old school Marvel, you'd have Spider-Man just out doing his own thing, and you might see Thor flying by in the background, which I thought was always really cool. Like, Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I had... Is that confirmation that Thor is going to be in Dr. Mirage? Very tiny in the background. Just flying in the background. No, he's actually the main character. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Big scoop. Big scoop. That's Breaking huge. news, as usual. Yes. Dr. Thorage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, Lisa, I do want to ask you, you have a couple of other books that you are editing for Valiant right now. One of them is right on the back cover over here, Bloodshot. Hey, Bloodshot. Uh, this is Tim Seeley's book, right? I'm sorry? This yes, is Tim, Tim Seeley and Brett Booth, yes. Yeah, so what's the take on Bloodshot for that book? Oh, gosh. I am turning Bloodshot into a hero. Um, All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be totally a hero. He's a cross between Frankenstein, um, Superman, and... Yeah. <laughs> and the Punisher, and, and Frank, so like Frankencastle. Frankenstein. He's funny. He's entertaining. He's, he's a hero. For the first time, he can be a hero. He's always been a character that has been abused and, and been used and... Always brooding and unhappy, but now he can let shed that off and 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 be a true hero. Be a fun bloodshot. One of the things well, that I'm actually really yeah. excited about <laughs> exactly. in the current the current crop yeah. of Valiant Comics is they're really fun. Yeah, yeah. just all really fun books in a way that I don't think Valiant's really had the chance to be before. Yeah, 
Cool. cool. Uh, and speaking of which, last one uh, that you're working on that's coming up soon is Roku. Roku is yes. coming out, which is a streaming player for a TV. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I can't wait to see it in a comic book. She's going to have to for that. You know what that, is it going right? to do? We were just having that things. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to have to kill you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. 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 Great, great, great. So uh, no, Roku's a great character spinning out of Ninjak. Uh, she's been a villain up until now, so no? Yeah, yeah. no. Well, but she's a mercenary. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, she she's going to go with whoever the highest bidder is, and if the highest bidder is asking her to do something good, well, then she's going to do something good. It's not really her her thing. Yeah, the highest bidders are usually pretty good people. Yeah, the <laughs> tend to, as far tend as to I be know. shady. Yeah. Yeah. When you hire Roku to kill the bad guy, you'd better make damn sure the bad guy isn't you. Yeah. Oh. That's pretty That's good. Voiceover work coming yeah, out. You should, right. you should have a right for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, I stole that, from, <laughs> I stole that <laughs> from the trailer for Machete. Oh, okay. Well, that oh, cheapens it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> really. Does it make it more awesome? Okay. Oh. No, that. Great <laughs> counterpoint. Yes, that's a great good. counterpoint. Uh, you also have a bunch of other projects you're working on. Is there anything else you want to plug at this point? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I have, I'm working on so many things that I just don't even know. What they are. I just have like a list and I have a schedule and it's like, all right, so this week I'm working on blah, blah, blah. And I go back and read the previous issue, go over my outline again. And I'm like, cool, I remember what's going on. And then I write that. Then I forget about it until the next time I have to write about it. Um, But in terms of like what's coming out right now, um, the the big things are really Strangelands, which is coming out from Humanoids H1, um, which I'm co-writing with Darcy Little Badger. It's... uh, Moonlighting with superheroes, but we're trying to make it like that was. It's one of those things where, um, so at H one they have like this team of architects who created all like all the characters they wanted and how they want them to all fit together. And so they just hired me and Darcy, and they're like, "Well, here's the here's the characters, here's the premise, go." So me and Darcy <laughs> are trying to find ways to um, take it in some really weird, interesting directions. But the first arc is very much like establishing the core concept, but it's a really fun book. I get to do, um, and by I, I mean we, I'm used to talking about books in single person, yeah. sue me. Um, <laughs> but me and, me and like, we're, we're exploring, um, like, uh, the, the dis- how destructive cults can be. Oh, I grew yeah. up in a cult, so I have some experience. Oh, really? Okay, wow. Wow. Yeah, really? I grew up really? in a cult. Weird thing to bring uh, we, have a, we have some more questions now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, late in the what? game review. No, we're talking about comics. We just okay. drive no, right no, past no, that no, one. Drive past the cult you just mentioned? <laughs> yeah. My cult was so boring. Boring? It was wow. a boring cult. We left when I was 11. Uh, they just oh, let yeah. you leave? I'm sorry? No, you got to dig your way well, out. Well, actually, we kind of got forced out because we stopped giving them money. So we got uh, shunned a bunch, and then we were just like, fuck this and left. <laughs> We got what? shunned a bunch. What are you? Yeah, we got shunned left and right. What's are the, you, what was the cult about? Like, it was what, called The Way International, the and it was like a <laughs> fundamentalist Christian cult, but also yeah. non-Trinitarian. It was a whole... The, the whole thing was, if bad things happened to you, it's your fault because you believed they would happen to you. Whoa, wow. The word was believing cult. equals receiving in good and bad things. Oh, and it fucked okay. with my head in a lot of ways that I'm still unpacking. Well, that's what this show is all that's about. I'm just going to have a really intense conversation about my cult experience. Yeah. Yeah. We should put this in the books. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I... <laughs> right, you're not uh, editing Strange Lands. I'm drunk. Yeah. Yay. Do you guys um, have any cult experience that hasn't come up? I've had nope. a couple cults. Wait, really? Not as a leader. Yeah. Oh, Were yet. you a classically trained <laughs> cult leader? I've been a cult yeah. once. Yeah. 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 You don't know yeah, that. Know. I've been in a bunch of cults too. It's no big deal. Uh, and the other, the other like book <laughs> that I'm really, 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 really pumped about right now is uh, Marilyn Manor over at IDW. It's a book that um, me and Shelley Bond, late of Vertigo, oh, spent yeah. ages developing. I've this is a four issue miniseries for which I've written ten scripts wow. because Ooh. we just kept on being like, nope, not right. Page one, uh, as we like wow. delved more and more and more into the the themes of the book That's and cool. found more and more material there. Yeah. Shelley's great. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. She, I want to work with her forever. Yeah. She has dragged some of the most incredible work out of me. Like, so 
I want to talk about this book for just like a second. Sure, sure. So Shelly approached me because we've been trying to get a picture of the plate for ages um, for Black Crown. And so she approaches, approached me and she goes, okay, I have an idea for a book called Marilyn Mansion, which you'll note is not the title of the book. Um, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and that's the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> she comes to me and she says, uh, the first daughter throws a massive rager in the White House while the president's off on a three-week trade mission. And I'm like, that sounds really boring, but sure, I'll pitch that. And <laughs> it ended up being this really intense exploration of, of kind of the relationship between the performer and the audience. And despite the fact that the book's set in the early 80s, it's very much about the social media era oh. and the sense of the constant audience and the, yeah. the, 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 the search for attention. Mm -hmm. um, I'm familiar which, with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I would leave Twitter when I'm such an attention whore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to admit it. But it's um, <laughs> so we kind of filter that through the lens of like the, the rise of CNN and MTV and like the first time where there was just 24 hour television. Oh, that's and cool. it's, it's a bizarre book that's going to come out. Every issue is going to come out whenever the fuck it comes out. They're, they're, all, they're all written, nice. but the, the artist you know, has been pregnant and she just had a kid. And so it's uh -huh. all, it's all nice. for extremely good reasons. The book is going to be done when it's done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Have that baby. Excellent. Uh, Dr. Mirage comes out not tomorrow Wednesday, but next Wednesday, the 28th. The 28th. Right? Yeah. All right. There we go. Nice. And monthly from there on out. Definitely pick it up. We're going to move on with our next section, which we like to call the stack. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Love calling it that. In the stack, we're going to very quickly talk about a couple of the books. First two books that I wanted to talk about, uh, Absolute Carnage has rolled out at Marvel Comics, and this past right. week we saw a bunch of the first spin-offs for the book. One of them is called Absolute Carnage Separation Anxiety. The yes. other one's oh, called man. Absolute Carnage Scream. Pete, as our resident symbiote expert, sure, yeah. Sure, yeah. how are you feeling about these books? Man, these are really fucked up books, man. Uh, the, um, the Separation Anxiety starts with a dog... Uh, that has the symbiote in him, and then just walks up to a family and murders them all. It, just as we begin to love them and care about them, uh, the symbiotes take over and kill them all. So it's a real fucked up book, but uh, the art's amazing. And uh, guys, uh, don't trust stray dogs. Wow, that's a real heartbreaking thing to put yes. out there, Pete. The best dog I've ever owned was a stray we took in. Well, was it's Betsy a gamble because sometimes a symbiote lives in them yeah. and will murder your whole family. Half of so. dogs I mean, that's have happened symbiotes. to me once, but, <laughs> We've been but I think it's worth the risk. Dogs are wonderful. Dogs are, very dogs nice. are worth Dogs yeah. are great. Yeah. Dogs are cute. Controversial take. Uh, <laughs> well, we should talk about what the absolute carnage sure. is in general. Uh, it's not a book, not a, an event exclusively about dogs. Oh, okay. Or my bad. Uh, it's uh, it's about the symbiote that um, a series of symbiotes uh, in the Venom uh, realm and Carnage and, uh, and a much worse one with a spiral face. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, I thought that one was Carnage. <laughs> I have not been reading. I'm not. So uh, the short version is that there's this dude called Carnage. He is absolute evil. He has a symbiote. He's trying to gather other pieces of symbiotes. Is this out of not Carnage? Carnage. This, this is, is Carnage. Different Car Carnage. It's Carnage. Carnage. But like he worships the god of the symbiotes, who's named Null, and he's yeah. trying to resurrect the god of the symbiotes by collecting. So this little isn't pieces. Cletus Cassidy. It is Cletus Cassidy. What the fuck? But he's not. Like, like laughing all the time, like he used yeah. to. Yeah. He's, a, he's little, a little more serious. He's not even Carnage. He's, I'm he's, kidding. He's grown up. He's grown up. He's he has, really grown up. Yeah. He has yeah. half his body. Yeah. He's grown up. He has a funny spiral face, as I mentioned. And it's weird because uh, <laughs> Null is also in Silver Surfer uh, right. right now. So Null's a very popular uh, dude. I mean, that's one way of putting it. Uh, the, <laughs> I mean, so, it's really all Donnie, so. Yeah. yeah. The thing that I do like about both of these spinoffs, so the first one is about the dog, as Peach mentioned. The other one is about uh, Scream, which is another symbiote who was back in the day, like back in the 90s. Yeah. And it's Wasn't about Shriek. Uh, Ooh. There is Shriek who hasn't shown up yet. I don't know. I Shriek, actually, when you said that, it. I was thinking. I remember Wait, Maximum is it Carnage. I played that in NES. That oh, yeah. 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 I, I remember. Shriek. I never read it, but I played the game. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. 
They worst. all look like blobs to me. I have no idea. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, so Shriek, sure, there you go. Uh, she takes over this uh, woman who doesn't want to be taken over. What mm-hmm. I appreciate about this event so far is it actually is leaning into the horror of it, which is something that Donny Cates has set up really well in his run on Venom yeah. and on Absolute Carnage, that it's not... He's A-plus horror. Yeah, yeah. he's great. He's, he, that's always one of his strongest areas from his creator-owned days. Yeah, which I think is great, like that they're not shying away from that, that they're not making it uh, superheroes with symbiotes. It's a big superhero battle. No, it's like a legit horror event, which I think yeah. is fun. Yeah, and it started really small, like small town, and then uh, there's this sort of cult of carnage that develops. Uh, I pointed uh, at our guests really quickly. Uh, and uh, it developed it's that way. It's not the same cult. It's a slightly different cult. Yes. Uh, you had more, <laughs> more symbiotes in yours, right? <laughs> ours is nothing but symbiotes. Yeah. It's because of the stray dog, right? Yeah. Just that one. Day. It's all coming together. All these events <laughs> tie together. Uh, and and it now is sort of just expanding uh, as the story goes on. And it's great. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it a lot. Uh, other ones to talk about from Marvel Comics, Loki number two. Mm-hmm. We had writer Daniel Kibblesmith on our show a couple of weeks back. If you're listening to the podcast, you can check out that show. He talked about the first issue of Loki, which had Loki being the new king of the Frost Giants, but he's super bored by it, so he's trying to ignore his responsibility as much as possible. He doesn't like the cold, it turns out. No, yeah. he doesn't. Uh, and this issue, he mixes up with Iron Man a little bit because he says that he wants to be a member of the Avengers. I like this issue even better than the first issue. Yes, wow. me too. It's a like it's just fun. Really getting into the character and they're hanging out. He's a T-shirt that says "Low Key." Do you see yeah, what he funny. did there? That's Do you fun. see it's it? Oh fun. man, it's, it's a good fun. joke. It's, it is good. Yeah, I'm on board with it. Yeah, we're not fighting. We're okay. not fighting. Look, we're I not lo- fighting. I love Dan Kibblesmith, but he stole that from Gaiman. Ooh. Shots fired. Oh, wow. Daniel he knows I love him. <laughs> it sounds like he got canceled. Yeah, he just got canceled. Uh, Pete, do you like this book? Yeah. Dare I'm someone not... be influenced by gaming? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just thought it was, uh, it's fun just to have kind of Loki running around causing mischief. And it was That's just the classic thing. thing of like him uh, walking up to Tony Stark and being like, hey, my brother sent me. So that gets him past all the security, which was weird to me. But uh, then, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, I want to be an inventor. And it was just like this crazy kind of fun take. And once he gets in there, of course, he's, you know, stealing things and making things happen. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a romp. Uh, we get to see some of the villains show up in this issue as well. One of those Nightmare uh, straight out of Doctor Strange. There's a really cool riff that he does on Nightmare that I don't think I've seen before in terms of Nightmare bringing actual nightmares into the real world, which yeah. I thought was neat. I like Nightmare because I feel like he fucks up all the time. Yeah. As a villain, he like makes mistakes and he's like, you see him regret stuff, <laughs> which is really rare yeah. in comics. The villain's usually like gone, yeah. and he you get to see him really blow shit. Yeah, I'm really into the series. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. very fun. All that's right, there we go. Fun. And that's our super short stack. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Woo. Time that for our next section. worth reading. What? The only thing's worth reading. Yeah, that's it. Don't <laughs> read any other comic books. Penalty <laughs> of death. Uh, we're going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section because I get to come out to you guys. It's your audience questions. Yeah, that's fun. Right, and for that, all you got to do is ask a question either for our amazing guests or for us or, I guess, fellow audience members. You could probably do that as well. Uh, you, sir, I saw your hand first. What's your name? What's your question? My name is Kevin, and hey, Kevin. you talk a lot about how in this, uh, Dr. Mirage is coming out uh, from her husband's shadow. So what are some mm-hmm. other characters in comic history who were sidekicks or maybe partners who managed to come out uh, you know, from you know, the, the hero to become you know, big characters in their own right? Or who are some characters you think should have? Really break out on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first it's, one. So is it? So is it? Who? Uh, rephrase the question. Is it just you want to know who we think should do that? Who did and did a good job of it? Oh, or Arsenal. Arsenal. That's Arsenal. Yeah, I fucking love Arsenal. That's great. What do you like about Arsenal in particular? Oh, come on, Speedy's whole history is so bizarre and and, and yeah. like and weighty, and so just watching sure to come into his own was just really fun, you know. Like this is this is a kid who who who's like been through a really intensely personal hell and just came through it and became this really fully realized character until you know that was over. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and it is over, I think, for, yes. uh, for Arsenal. Yeah. I, I mean, on a similar bent, I'd probably say uh, Nightwing as well, because like yeah. Nightwing is... Easy answer. I know it's an Lazy. easy answer. <laughs> but I think like if you look at the rest of the Robins, when they eventually become other characters, they're like, well, I've graduated from being Robin to being larger Robin, and that's pretty much it, versus yeah. Nightwing is very much his own character, probably more identified as Nightwing even now than he is the uh, than Robin. He's the largest Robin. <laughs> yes, he yeah. is. Uh, I, well, years ago when I was at Marvel, I was told that there were two characters that would never come back, and that was Bucky and Gwen Stacy. Hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> Strictly speaking, uh, I'm it's not say, the same Gwen Stacy. It's yes. true. But, but Bucky, the, the transformation of Bucky into the Winter Soldier, I thought was brilliant. Yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah, I really would love for Jubilee to oh, really Jubilee get the spotlight. Always my favorite. Oh, I'm, I'm, me too. I'm, okay, I'm, we're gonna hug later about that. Um, you got <laughs> like she she's had a weird couple of decades. Oh, when she was a vampire, you didn't yeah. think, you thought that was weird. But like, but like, you thought that was weird. Was yeah, totally like, in line with like the character. She, she had this like she has a kid, and I just would really? love to see Jubilee have this opportunity to really take center stage for a while. Um, I mean, look, I'm I'm gonna. You know, level with you. Jubilee was was my audience surrogate character when I was a kid. I yeah. started reading comics in the early '90s. I started reading X Men through the cartoon show, and Jubilee was has always been my entry point to X Men. I love Jubilee to death, and it really sucks the way that she spent so much time kind of being sidelined and treated as a joke. And um, I just would would really love to see Jubilee have an opportunity to step into her own in a way that she really only briefly had during Gen X. Do you think she would uh, still have the uh, have where she is now with post-vampire but have a child? <laughs> or would you want to see her back uh, like Mallrat, uh, well, well, Yellow look, Gloves? Anyone who knows my work knows that I have a real obsession with 80s aesthetics. Mm-hmm. But I, would, uh, I wouldn't want to throw out decades of character development to return to that unless there was time travel involved, in which case I would happily do that. <laughs> I don't think any company would do time travel. <laughs> what are you, crazy? Time That's so comics, risky. Yeah. You never you know nuts? what could happen. Yeah, you could, could end up rebooting the entire universe. Honestly, it's really dangerous. Yeah, yeah. particularly now with X-Men, you don't want to mix in time travel. Yeah, it only yeah, happens. No, it's weird. There's no, yeah. there's no franchise more... Just straightforward and easy to follow yeah. as the X-Men. <laughs> Especially right now. Easy to jump in. Don't worry about the continuity. Yeah. <laughs> Dive right in. The water's fine. Right, Pete? You love Powers oh, of X and oh, House of X. Yeah, so great. Yeah, man. Um, okay, we're going to have words later because they are really great. Yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead. We but, argue about that. this uh, We got, we got into Kool-Aid, it earlier. Drink the Kool-Aid. I, I it's so much fun. I, 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 I have so much trust for Hickman. Oh, of course. I am willing to follow him to hell and back. That's now, good. Now, he's let me down before. Sure has. But, Interesting. But Fantastic. But I'm not going to pretend that it's never worth the ride. Of course. Everything is... Well, that's what my answer to Kevin's question was uh, Franklin and Valeria Richards uh, as characters that came out sort of from nowhere and developed into these just super interesting... They were... For a while, they were sort of the most interesting characters in the Fantastic Four because they They're were like... still... Pretty They're high up great. there, granted yeah. it's a cast of six. Yeah, love it. Really, because it's the Fantastic Four. But yeah. for, for <laughs> me on the Fantastic Four, it was always Sue Storm. Like I felt like she was very underused for a while. But uh, also my answer is Amadeus Cho, which I'm very happy that Greg yeah. Pak got to. Like, yeah, really? Hey. Okay, yeah. Uh, just such a, like, not only super smart, but also just the way that he problem solves and considers, uh, you know, all the different angles and stuff. And I feel like it's a, he's a fun character. And having him, uh, you know, uh, team up with, uh, oh, my God, why am I blanking? Champions? You know, what's Hercules. Hercules, thank you. Uh, first, and then with the Hulk was such a fun transition. Yeah. Oh, fucking juggernaut. Like, talk about <laughs> a character who's had the wildest, like, character arc over the last... Yeah. 20 years. It's like, he's a good guy, he's a bad guy. Yeah. And everyone's like, like, oh, he's not a mutant. Like, somebody who's like, they just figured out, oh, this is a character with a lot of material. Like, there's a lot there we can work with. And they they really worked, worked on Juggernaut in some yeah. fascinating ways. As, yeah, especially a character for so much of his story was like, how do we get his helmet off? 
We did. We beat him. <laughs> uh, you can't stop me unless you get my hat off. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, in, cool in, trait. In his, in his defense, it is bolted on. I know, but they, Wolverine is just like, gets his little claws in there every time, yeah. and then boom, he's done Tiny for. Tiny little claws. You'd think he'd stop fighting telepaths. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, just juggernaut, just take on Spider-Man. Yeah. I think you could beat Spider-Man. Uh, you could, yeah. But also, it was like, oh, also I have this space. Come on. I have this he's got that magical Sidorak <laughs> shit going yeah, on. Yeah, I have a space ruby that makes me strong. It's like, wait, yeah. what? Any of your helmets? What's Spider-Man got? Webs? Yeah. <laughs> you are correct about that. Yeah, the trivia comes later. are weird. Great question. Uh, let's get another one. I see one in the back there. Come on up. What's your name? What's your question? Hi, I'm Jarrell. Hey, Jarrell. Jarrell, nice. It's been so long. I miss I you guys. Oh, great. Oh, nice Thank you for you. coming back. Thank you. Uh, it's my only day off, so. Um, <laughs> Great. So, because you are drunk, you have inspired this question. Uh, nice. Yes. Good. Play it on. Uh, if there was a Dr. Mirage, and for everyone else, your favorite combo character, so you're going to pick Punisher. Uh, nice. if there was Dr. A cock- Mirage is not my favorite comic well, character. For his favorite comic <laughs> character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us again. how you really feel. Um, if you could pick a cocktail that perfectly encapsulates Dr. Mirage, what would that be? Ooh, okay, see, here's, here's the funny part, is I'm not really a drinker. Oh, we wow. were just at dinner, and they just I just kept ordering Moscow Mules. Um, I am, like, the worst drunk in that I, I both, like, never drink, and when I do, it's always the thing that tastes the most like candy I can find on the menu. Nice, good. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Uh, uh, so, Doctor Mirage, something sh- blue, something blue. That's the best way to yeah. order a cocktail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring me something blue, like a cosmopolitan, some food dye in it. I don't know. Uh, nice, the Mirage, sort of a Mirage yeah, cocktail. Maybe it would be something that looks like one thing but tastes like another. Ooh. Or a cocktail with a ghost that used to be around it. (laughs) (laughs) And it has to be a ghost of your dead husband. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't Uh, the ghost of a cocktail just a cocktail you drank? Yeah. A hangover is a ghost of a cocktail. (laughs) So the best Dr. Mirage cocktail is the unpleasant feeling and headache you get when you wake up the next morning. Now we're talking. Oh, my God. That really? That that tracks. Yeah, that tracks. She is not a happy person. Right. We got mm. there eventually. Uh, hello, barkeep. I'd like one hangover, please. There's <laughs> <laughs> right a bottle of vodka. Ahead. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you guys, was the question also uh, just favorite comic book character drink? Yeah. Uh, okay. Punisher, I have to say, was just shots. Yeah. Shots, 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 shots. shots, 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 shots. Thank you. Uh, that's good. I'm literally here all night. Do you think the Iron Punisher... Man is just way too much? <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, everything all the time. Uh, does the Punisher go grab a drink after a long day? Yes, yeah, definitely. What does he drink when it, after I'm a long day? I'm sure it's day? whiskey. You think it's whiskey? Yeah, I think it's whiskey. I want to see the Punisher go in there and be like, hmm, what raspberry vodkas do you <laughs> I want to see him drink. Yeah, I think he drinks the girliest uh, drinks so... in the world. In the same way that like that like really type A people are always bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like he spends all his time just being like a really hardcore like kind of guy. And he's then like, he just shows him he's like something with an umbrella yep. in it. Yeah, kind oh, of. Have I'll have a spike seltzer. <laughs> what spikes do you have? White claw. I'll, I'll have a. I'll have a diet coke. <laughs> He's better than White Claw. So, fun oh. fact about the Punisher. Right. Uh, the first episode of the second season, he just does shots of whiskey. So, yeah, you're right. Thanks. Now, but that's uh, that's an easy. There what about go. you, Alex? Thank what you. do you say? Uh, just a wine. Man. I don't know. I got very distracted by Jarrell coming up to ask. Coming him back. Do you have a comment? Do you have an uh, answer? Nice. No, I don't know. What is a favorite character? And then drink. Yeah. And then a drink. That's right. the whole question. Yeah, that's if all you want to think about it. Yeah. Uh, put it so in. maybe penance. Let's ask Lisa. Right, would be. Oh, yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. Do you have a favorite comic book character? You should use Lisa? your microphone. Yeah. yeah. Use, your, off your, use mic. your mic. Yeah. Well, I like Batman, but he doesn't drink. Ooh. As far as you know. Yeah. I mean, you might grab one on the side. Taking out with Catwoman, maybe he's relaxing, you know. Well, Catwoman's definitely red wine. Ooh, Ooh, nice. Good. That's good. Huntress is white wine. (laughs) 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 I don't read Batman. That's nice. I feel like Batman drinks the he will he's the guy that orders the hangover. He wants I'll have the worst thing possible. I'll have the O'Douls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get drunk on this O'Douls. <laughs> I, I want the unpleasant taste of alcohol, but none of the fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, That's accurate. Yeah. Uh, I guess Cypher, right? Oh. So, that is technically your favorite yeah, character. Yeah, favorite character. So probably like a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> Interesting. My, just a bunch of different things oh in a glass. Oh, my God. Oh, he's going to be the guy that orders it a Long Island iced tea and is like, oh, I taste this vodka. Yeah, I, ooh, taste, I the taste the rum. Yeah. I taste the rum. Yep. Uh, I taste... Uh, the I've juice. translated this drink. Uh, mm. The splash of Coke, Diet Coke on the top. Yeah. Uh, that's great stuff. Um, <laughs> Just a hint of lime. Yeah. Uh, cool. Great question. Uh, let's He's get the it. next one. Oh, right here. What's Ooh. your name? What's your question? Uh, my name's Leon. Uh, I wanted to ask about Dr. Mirage. Is there a specific incident or something that drew you to the character or a moment where the story clarified itself for you? Mm-hmm. Well, in terms of what drew me to the character, like I was saying, is I'm just a really morbid person. Anyone who's read uh, Turning to Girl um, knows that I have uh, a lengthy history with suicidality. Um, I've been obsessed with death on one level or another for an extremely long time. Um, to the point that I've actually gotten into a little bit into the death positivity movement, which is all about trying to sort of recast how we think about death. And something we're all going to experience Anyway, it's something I think we need to have a healthy relationship to, which I don't have. Um, <laughs> come on, history of crazy depression. Um, but I, so it re- I guess what really, what I'm really fascinated by, especially with, with what we were able to do in this book, is I, I how to put it. So like I said, I, I deal with depression a lot. So one of the things that I really like to, think about my writing is the is coping. How do you deal with like we put superheroes through just these nightmarish situations with very little regard for their mental health. Mm-hmm. And they they should all be absolute fucking disasters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like like just scary messed up people. And the thing with that really fascinated me about uh I guess what they handed me with Dr. Mirage was that I could do a book about grief. Like, I've done a lot of books, not a lot, I've done a few books about dying in one sense or another, Mm -hmm. but I haven't tangled grief and how you recover from grief and the experience of trying to find a reason to keep living, find a reason to continue. Mm -hmm. So to bring it back to Eternity Girl for just a moment, like, Eternity Girl is a book... That's just about, that's also about finding a reason to continue, but it's in the face of your own sense of meaninglessness. But this is about isolation and learning to stand on your own and not lean on someone else for your own sense of worth and purpose and value and moving forward. Um, it's a, and so I guess really, what what uh, I'm interested what I'm interested in the sense in which it's about death, apart from the fact that it's a book in which in the very first issue we find out the chance dead, um, <laughs> is uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's good. Uh, did, cool. Did you uh, did you read Heroes in Crisis, Tom King's book, uh, talking about superheroes who actually finally deal with shit? Tom King keeps beating me at Eisner's Awards. <laughs> so, so you're like, I'm done with this guy for a No, second. I love Tom. He's such no, he's a sweet very guy. Very nice man. Yeah. Like, seriously, yeah. after he beat me in the Eisner's just like a month ago, he's like, congratulations. And I'm like, for what? Nah. <laughs> he's like, for the nomination. I'm like, you keep beating me. And he goes, eh. <laughs> um, very gracious he, of him to <laughs> say that to you. He said, eh, no, drove off in his really Maserati. Yeah. Um, I just already subscribed to 30 books a month, so yeah. that one just didn't make it on the list. No, totally. I, it's just interesting when you were saying we, we put superheroes through so much. That, to me, was the first time in, in mainstream comics, anyway. I'm, I'm like definitely glad that it's being tackled in some way. Yeah, yeah. And like, like I said, I haven't read the book, so I can't talk about how well it does happens. it, how yeah. badly it does it. And, and frankly, even if I could, this is a public forum, and I really like Tom, and I want him to keep liking me. So I wouldn't <laughs> say anything. Had I, again, haven't read the book, so I don't have anything negative, but had I anything negative, I would definitely not be saying Great. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We weren't searching for anything. Yeah, no, this is not a gotcha I'm, question. Look, but it I'm certainly getting, sounds getting like getting you didn't drunk. like it. Yeah. I'm drunk right now. Uh, it, it is. It does get into what you're talking about in a uh, a way where it's sort of uh, 
on a surface look at that, I feel like. So it's interesting that this book feels like it may be more of a dive into that. Which leads me to the thought that I lost. I yeah. knew we'd find yeah. it. Yeah. I knew so we'd the find sense it. in which it's a book about death, apart from the fact that Shan's supposed to be dead in it, is it's, the, it's really a book about endings and figuring out what the fuck your next chapter is. Right. And so she's not just mourning when, she has to let go of that whole part of her life. That's part of the reason why... One of the things that, uh, this is not a huge spoiler, that weaves through the whole Dr. Mirage book is the idea of Shan as uh, a television personality and that that being a thing that is no longer true. And so we use television, like announcer kind of dialogue as as an associative. Oh, cool. um, I'm blanking on on what I'm trying to say. Like an associative practice or something to sort of let her unplug from her feelings. And so the book opens up with this like breathless announcer, like she talks to the dead. She knows the truth. Hang on. Get ready for the death-defying Dr. Mirage. I see her plunge into the icy depths of her mind. And... And on that note, go um, ahead. As an editor, I'm just because I am just rambling. I I was challenged (laughs) because I saw um, I saw the caption she was writing, and I and and Drew, my assistant editor, who's right over there. Hey, what the fuck is this? We we looked at that and we were like, well, how is this going to be perceived by the audience? We want to make sure that they get it. What yeah. she's going for, and so well, what we des- decided to do, without is consulting me, completely <laughs> not. Um, ah. <laughs> we made the clapperboards. Oh, so, very so, nice! So everybody would see that that we were. Oh yeah, I was consulted on that. With this. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and the, and the, the, the dialogue her, bubbles, not ex- dialogue bubbles, with the narration uh, exactly. boxes look ex- like clapboards. Here, exactly. talk to the microphone. Until, until but it's we your... get to her. Microphone, microphone, microphone. And until we get to her, <laughs> and then we we switch it, so yeah. you can nice. see there's the difference that That's that, great. that she's you know it's not her announcing yeah. herself, exactly. it's uh, exactly. an outside she, voice. But she's using, exactly. but that voice is still internal it, to herself. It's her head, but it, yeah, it's her stepping back from her situation and viewing it through a lens that she understands, which is performance. Yeah, like a safer lens for her to yeah. view the situation, and, and that lets her like address Hwen's absence right up front. In the issue, she's the announcer's like. The announcer, who also kind of doubles as a director kind mm. of voice, it kind of moves back or back and forth, is like, where's Hwen? Get Hwen out of makeup. Where the fuck is oh, Hwen? that's fun. And then we immediately move to her thinking about her isolation and her acknowledging that she's doing this, that she's dissociating, that she's stepping back from things. That's cool. cool. Excellent. Very cool. So really it's uh, just about moving forward and sort of like putting a whole period of your life behind you and finding a way to let go. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's all the time we have for your audience questions. Thank you, guys. We're going to move on with our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Mr. Pete LePage. Pete LePage. Pete LePage to the stage. Pete LePage to the stage. It's time for the Star of Trivia. when? Yeah. I'm sort of that voice on this show. I'm the clapboard voice. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying Pete LePage to the stage. on tonight's episode? I do all the time. On tonight's episode, we have the Star of Trivia, who is doing, you guessed it, trivia. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Thank you, Justin. Uh, so this is the part we give back to you, the lovely he's audience. It. He's embracing it. Uh, he's getting into it. I think he's really starting to like you calling him the star of trivia, Justin. <laughs> he's really in it. He wants me to do it more. Yeah, you should do it all the time. I, well, I already do. I'll do it more. I guess my thank you, Justin, wasn't sarta- sarcastic enough for you. No, it was pretty sarcastic. <laughs> all right, great. <laughs> Uh, What a bunch of jerks we are. Yep. Yes, you are. I'm glad we're talking about it and everybody can see what complete assholes you guys are. All right. right, So this is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to see for you to win 25 free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics. Because if you had 25 bucks, you'd go to a comic book shop. Who would like 25 free dollars? A simple raising of the hand. Me, 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 me. Uh, Both of our I will say we rarely do comic call Comic writers don't make any section. money. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, but you would be cheating because you're on the show. Here we go. Returning to the stage I just like you returned to Krypton, Jor-El. Oh, nice. Hey. Thanks. All right, it doesn't so, exist anymore. Uh, today's uh, trivia is on topical comic news. I'm going to yes. read you a question and listen to all three possible answers. All right. All right, here we go. Question number one. Toronto is thinking of naming a street after blank. 
Is it A, Darwin Cook, B, Keanu Reeves, or C, Paul Rubens? So it's either mm. A, if you would like $25, or you could pick something else. Uh, I'm going to go with A. That is correct. Great choice. Great if choice. If you're in Toronto, make some noise uh, so Darwin Cook can get his own street named after him. Yay. I mean, Keanu Reeves will have one soon. Sure, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's Especially the way he's blowing up right now. Yeah, that guy's very popular. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, he deserves it. Let's he be does. I love Darwin. Yes. Yeah, uh, he's a big up-and-comer. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's going places. Keanu's I work really... with him on Catwoman. All right, cool. Uh, question number two. There is a walking tour in New York City planned for whose 102nd birthday? Is it A, Janis Joplin, B, Jack Kirby, or C, Dan Aykroyd? So it's A, or you could pick B and be correct. B, B would be correct. I'm yeah. going to pick B. B nice. is correct. Jack Kirby walking tour. A lot of hints coming at you. Dan Aykroyd is also hell. 102 years old. Holy hell. Is, he, is it actually his 102nd birthday? That's correct. And the yes. 28th. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, wow. He's coming up so soon. So, no, it isn't. He's really old. Uh, cool. All right. Question number three. Whose Batman suit is going up for auction this September? Is it A, Michael Keaton, B, George Clooney, or C, Carrie Fisher? So it's either A, C, C, come on, or you can pick something else. <laughs> yeah, there's. As, as much as I would love to pick C, <laughs> I'm going to go it. with A. That is correct. Michael Keaton's Batman Michael Keaton. uh, costume is going for auction. Um, Congratulations. So pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. George Thank Clooney's you. Batman uh, suit is going in the trash. Now, you, know, <laughs> you take that. Nipples back. and all. Yeah, I nip, will defend that first. movie until I die. Okay, the movie's bad. George Clooney, very no, cool. No, it's yeah. the movie version of the 1966 Batman, and if you watch it with that understanding, it's even got the red phone and the generic like commissioner guy. It's a movie version of Batman 66, and the moment you realize that, you realize it's a fucking masterpiece. Uh, wow. That is the hottest take yeah. I've hot ever take. heard. I'll, hot take. It's hottest Go take. Go watch I, it wow. tonight. With that in mind, tell me what you think. Watch it tonight. No, I'm watching Batman forever tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the bad one. Oh, that's the bad one? <laughs> wow. Come on. Val, Real fine lines over Val here. Val Kilmer is Batman. Yeah. Brooding little blondie. Wow, so you you hate Batman forever, but Batman and Robin, you're like, that's the shit. They yes. finally figured it out. I am right about everything, especially this. Okay. All right, we'll check that out. <laughs> no, you won't. No, I will. If I ever watch the movie again, I'm going to think about it. On HBO, I'm just saying. Please stop. Uh, if you watch that movie again, also think about the fact that life is finite. Yeah, that's true. Uh, real quick, you might as well have fun, which that movie is. That's what I'm saying. Alex, death positivity. <laughs> You're right, Life guys. positivity. Batman uh, speaking, of, positivity. speaking of death positivity, <laughs> speaking of death positivity, uh, Pete runs a sub-quiz in his quiz about John Candy. Yep. Uh, so it's kind of related to that. Uh, now, the third answers of his questions are all people from a John Candy movie. We're not quite sure why. We're going to figure it out at some point, but why don't you repeat those third answers, So, please? Paul Rubens, Dan Ackerman, and Carrie Fisher. What is the movie? Great. Uh, anybody? John Candy movie, Dan Aykroyd, Carrie Fisher, and Paul Rubens. And we will say there is no prize for this. We just want to move past it as quickly as possible. <laughs> anybody? Uh, anybody have an answer? I can't. Dan Aykroyd and Carrie Fisher oh, should wait, give it away. Uh, Jor-El. Jor-El. Either Jor-El me- hungry for the mic this week. <laughs> uh, is it nothing but trouble? Nope. Great Ooh, guess. That was Great the first guess. one. I'll I give think. you a hint. Aretha Franklin. Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Audience very angry saying we've had this answer before. Pete, are you running out of gas with your John Candy quiz? <laughs> nope. Hot it, takes. Well, I did bring up Blues Brothers, but it was not for the John Candy thing. It was a separate thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We're splitting hairs that I didn't think were possible to find. Wait, Great. so was or wasn't John Candy in Blues Brothers? He I was. He in like 15 years. He was. Orange Whip. Orange Whip. Who wants Orange Whips? John Candy. As someone who did not grow up in the 80s. Not a huge part of my life. All right, well, <laughs> check it out. Nah, you don't have yeah, to. So just real quick, rankings. Batman and Robin, number one. Blues Brothers, eh, somewhere down there. Somewhere, somewhere further down. down. 
real quick, uh, tomorrow is a new comic book day. We recommend you go to Midtown Comics because they've been nice enough to sponsor the show. Pete, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Pretty Violent number one from Image Comics. Oh, yeah. Nice. Any particular reason? It's pretty violent. <laughs> Great. Very cool. Uh, now, I'll mention we're going to have a review of that in our Stack podcast that rolls in both the Comic Book Club live feed and its own The Stack feed. Both of them post Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern, so you can check yeah, out that really. review and plenty more then. Justin, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Powers of X number three. Yeah. I mean, this book has got something going on. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Nope. Finally getting in, restarting the X-Men in a way uh, that... I'm just going to say it's Batman and Robin good. Yeah. Don't you dare. Thank you. Thank you for proving my point. Uh, Something Uh, I said to Pete. Excuse me, I'm proving his point. (laughs) You're proving my point. The fact that you have to establish that really speaks to your taste (laughs) of Batman. I think you guys just don't have appreciation for bat nipples and cod pieces. I think think you're right. right. Uh, I'm looking forward to speaking of Batman. Batman number 77 comes out tomorrow. This is continuing the City of Bane storyline. Some big things are promised going down in the book with Batman and all the other characters as Bane has taken over Gotham. This event is huge, terrific. Uh, I'm sorry about all the Eisners and everything, but Tom King is doing a very good no, job. No, he's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I, who, how am I going to beat him? You know? <laughs> You'll figure out a way. We believe in you. <laughs> I've, made uh, it my, I've made it my mission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plug your stuff. What should people be checking out? Lisa? All right. Well, Punk Mambo number five is coming out tomorrow, and that's fantastic. And you should check it out because it's a great end of the miniseries. If you've enjoyed Punk Mambo, if you haven't, please go check it out because it's fantastic. Uh, um, in September, I oh, well, I have in a, next Wednesday <laughs> we have Doctor Mirage. You should definitely check I've this heard out. Good if, things. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's fan. It's really wonderful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's it's it is worth the ride and worth the, the money. Um, cool. and I hope you're interested in two women sitting around in a weird apartment just hallucinating at shack. each other. It's, it's a, a shack. It's, a, it's technically a shack. Yeah, it's kind of a shack. It's actually, it's it's actually a not even an apartment. House, but yeah, it's not even an apartment. I just live in New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say an apartment instead of house. Yeah. Uh, and Magdalene, do you want to pr- plug some of your stuff? I don't know. Than- if I wrote it, it's probably pretty good. <laughs> I love it. Like I said, I have no idea what any of my release dates are, or when things are coming out, or even what I'm working on from week to week. However, I will say that I'm very excited about this Batman set in 1977 you were mentioning. Yeah. That sounds thrilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, like, wouldn't you love to see Batman meet like, meet, like, meet, like, Wonder Woman from the seventies, like that version of Batman would be the yeah. would be the shit. I, 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 I love Thrill Killers. Yeah, you know, there that you was go. set in the sixties. I thought what you were suggesting is Batman being was like fantastic. Batman being like, "Have you heard about this new Star Wars movie? <laughs> yeah, it's very good." Batman in the seventies just going to movie. <laughs> I don't really understand why I love it, but disco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, disclosure: I love disco. A couple of quick things to plug before we go. The show is free to come to and free to listen to, but does cost us a little bit of money to do. So if you'd like to support it, patreon.com slash comic book club. We have a bunch of fun bonuses for you guys, like monthly mailings, a slack that everybody hangs out in, and mostly chats about bacon and soda all day, to be honest. Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. You should check that out. We also have a bunch of other podcasts, um, a lot of them ending, because a lot of the shows we're recapping are ending. Not our fault. Not our fault. We didn't get them canceled. (laughs) Yeah, we we are going to pick them up, though, just like Spider-Man, so that's pretty exciting. That's uh, but true. we do have Preacher Men. Our Preacher podcast is currently running. Also, Riverdale After Dark, a Riverdale podcast. We'll be picking up pretty soon. And we have a couple of others in the future that you guys can check out yeah. real soon. Real we'll soon. tease those uh, very soon. Uh, Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our show. Ooh, I have a thing to plug. There just it is. To me. So I do this book called Vagrant Queen at Vault that is actually, if you guys haven't heard, is going to be a television television series on sci-fi next year. So this is a really good time to go pick up the trade and send me like some of your pennies because that's really all I get. And, uh, (laughs) but it's seriously, it's going to be a really, really exciting project. I've gotten to read all the scripts for the season. I'm not writing on the show, sadly, but, um, 
But she's going to South Africa next week. Yes, I am going to South Africa on Monday for a week chair. to visit the set. Oh, wow. very And I hope cool. I get to be an extra in like a really sick leather jacket and like yeah. and like a Star Trek forehead. Nice. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's my dream. But until then, because I, I don't, I think that's coming out like next fall. So I mean, there's yeah. some time. There's some but time. But but in the in the meantime, we did a six issue series. Our six album. Yeah, it was originally a miniseries, but we're just going to keep going now that we have a fucking TV show. Uh, <laughs> so the first trade is has, is available in stores. It's by me and Jason Smith, um, who I've been working with in one form or another since before I had a career in comics. We did our, I did my first solo crowdfunding comic with him. Oh, wow. Um, and now we have a fucking TV show. So comic books, everybody. It's there the route it is. to It's yeah. the route to success, <laughs> fame and fortune, and comic books. Little kitties. <laughs> uh, Pete, did you plug your stuff? You did. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. A couple of people we want to thank before we go. We want to thank Lisa and Magdalene for being yeah. on the show. Boothman Prime. Boothman Prime. But most of all, we want to thank you guys. We're every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Totally free. Please tell your friends. Good night. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Oh.